Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. How's everybody doing? Man, it feels like it's been a little while since I preached. Had a good Thanksgiving break. It's always nice to... uh, enjoy the holidays and to slow down. I encourage you to do it. Slow down every now and then. We can go through life so quick. Not, not Jim Giles speed. Because that's, that's almost an abrupt stop. <laughs> it's, yeah. I got some stories about that. So slow, you didn't know you were moving. I don't know about how, that, how, how, he, how he can do that for a lifetime, but he tends to do it. Um, so, but I would encourage you, we try to slow down things. All our, all our life groups are canceled as of the rest of the year. We'll uh, start them again in February. We, we, we highly value life groups. Life groups are where you build relationship, where you grow, where you mature, where you can really connect on a lot more of an intimate level. Um, but we also like to have those in semesters, and we like to breathe, and we like to take breaks. And because Pastor Noe likes to enjoy Christmas and holiday time too, you know. So we just want you to take a breather. We want to release our life group leaders to just take a break, to take time, and then in February, we'll start launching everything back. Um, but it's important to pace yourself. God has called us to run a race with endurance, but for us to run it for a lifetime, we gotta pace ourselves. I don't know, have you ever tried to run a lap on a track as fast as you can? If you run it as fast as you can, there's a moment in that race where they say the, the monkey jumps on your back and you start slowing down and you feel like everything starts locking up. You ever been there? If you haven't, you're not old enough yet. But where you're running and it just it starts slowing down. But if we pace ourselves, we'll, we'll notice the longevity of life will be a lot more enjoyable. I don't know who that's for this morning. But you need to slow down. It's not a time to floor it. It's a time to kind of recline the seat, slow down a little bit. Hey, so this morning we're going to jump right into a new series. We're going to look at extravagant generosity. Now, if you didn't know this series was coming, don't freak out. Um, This this is going to be something that is... uh, we're going to talk about giving. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about how to be successful with money. How many of you would like to know how to be successful with money? Right? How many of you feel like you are borderline successful with money? How many of you are successful at spending all your money and never having enough? That was kind of like, I don't know if I should raise my hand or not. But I really believe that God wants us to be generous. So if God wants us to be generous, God wants us to also have a storehouse of financial provision to live a blessed life. You know, I'm not one of these poor pastors, poor mentality. I believe that God has big dreams, big visions, big plans. And guess what? That means we've got to be able to cut big checks. You know, we can't limit it. But how many of you know also on the flip side of that, sometimes you'll be limited of what you can do because of the resources available. Right? But the, the other side is true that, man, when everybody gives and everybody's contributing, it, we can do great things. 
So if you've been on the ride with us for this last year, you have seen what church giving can do, what investments in the property and the facilities can do. And this year, I'm super excited. I don't want to really let the, you know, let, let, let out the secret of what we're going to go to this next year. But I really believe that what God is going to continually do with the provisions of the storehouse is allow us to tap into the community like we never have. I'm talking about significant impact, okay? So this morning, we're going to look at today, we're going to look at what is extravagant generosity. You know, I, some of you don't want to put that extravagant word on there. You just want to be generous. You don't want to be extravagantly generous. But I think when we look at extravagant generosity, it takes it to the next level. So if we look at these words and we break them down, the word extravagant actually means lacking restraint in spending money or using resources. How many of you did that on Black Friday? Judy laughed. I'll take that as a, I did that. Right? Extravagantly spending, lacking restraint. Now, you think of that lacking restraint when we talk about finances. How many of you know often that is a bad thing? But we want to look at the, the spirit behind extravagant. Lacking restraint in spending money or using resources. Pay attention to that. Using resources, not letting resources determine what we do, but taking our resources and, and intentionally using our resources for something great. So the word generous actually means to sh showing a readiness to give more of spending something as money or time than it, that is more than is strictly necessary or expected. How many of you have ever received a generous gift? It's like, hey, that was a little too much. Or you bought somebody a Christmas gift and it was like a blah kind of gift. And they got you a great one. You're like, oh, man, like, I was just playing. That was just like, that wasn't a real gift. You feel really bad because it's like, man, a generous gift, something really cool. And then generosity, it's just a quality of being kind and generous. So when we kind of mush posh all those together, extravagant generosity is really lacking restraint, working to give more uh, time or giving more money than is way more expected and necessary. But where the spirit of generosity is doing this in a way that is kind and generous. So when we look at all these words, we're going to tie all these together because I really think that this communicates the spirit of what God wants us to do, what God wants us to be, being extravagant, extravagantly generous. So how many of you would say you're generous? Right? Okay, so I'm going to, share, I'm going to start with this little story. This, is, this, this illustration is called Heaven's Reward. So have you ever heard the story of a guy who died and he was given a tour of heaven? And as he saw his friend driving by, he drove by in a beautiful Mercedes. So he looks at him. He says, man, this is really cool. This is great. And, and so St. Peter said, your friend was really generous on earth. He had a, he, we had a lot to work with. So your transportation in heaven it depends on your generosity down here. All right? So stick with me. So based on your generosity here, we'll re require, you will show what, your what you get in heaven. So he says, then Peter gave him his transportation. It was a Honda motor scooter. He said, wait a minute, he gets a Mercedes and I get a scooter? And he says, that's right. This is all we had to work with. So the guy drove off in a huff. He was real frustrated. Well, a week later, St. Peter saw this guy and he was all smiles and he said, you feel better now? And the guy says, yeah, ever since I saw my preacher go by on a skateboard. I'll take the brunt of that joke so you can relax this morning. This is not going to be one of those hard, difficult messages. But I hope that we see there, there is some symbolism to that, that what we do here affects eternity. Everything that we have is a gift. 
Every, every day is a gift. What, we can either do it to expand the kingdom of God or we can passively not do anything and not really do anything, right? So how generous are you? If that was the measuring stick, it'd be, man, pastor, I'd be on that scooter with you. Or would you have stored up great treasures in heaven? That's the question we want to ask. How generous are you? So this morning, I believe if you make excuses for why you are not, possibly you are not that generous. If I were to ask you, are you just, well, Pastor, no, you don't understand. And, you know, it's been a hard year. If you start immediately making excuses, you might not be that generous. Because either you are or you aren't. And I'm not here to judge you this morning. I'm not here to, to reprimand you. But I want to challenge you this morning. But I want to start with this. Tithe, when we use the word tithe, is an act of obedience. Nothing more, nothing less. you got to get that. Well, I thought that was being generous, Pastor Noe. No. Offering is an act of generosity. But a tithe is an act of obedience. And then let's take it another level. What about a kingdom builder? I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, a kingdom builder. Somebody that gives beyond uh, just an offering. They, they commit to being obedient in their tithe. But a kingdom builder is one who gives generously to make a kingdom impact. I give specifically to kingdom-driven things so that I'd have a kingdom impact. You know, I love to give. I sometimes love to give to things outside the four walls of the church because I think sometimes churches don't have the biggest kingdom perspective. Not so in Harvest Time Church, in Jesus' name. I pray that we would have a very connected kingdom vision, and it wouldn't be just about us. But when we talk about kingdom, it's outside the four walls of the church. It's about helping others. It's about funneling resources to make a kingdom impact. So tithe is an act of obedience. An offering is an act of generosity. And a kingdom builder gives generously to make a kingdom impact. So this morning, we're going to look at the heart behind personal generosity. That's what we want to stay focused on. So I want to give you a little bit of framework of where we're going. But I want to also focus on what we're going to look at today. So in the next two weeks, we're going to look at biblical giving, personal finance. In order for us to step into extravagant generosity, we have to control our finances and not allow our finances to control us. Don't say the credit card made me do it. I could not help but write the check. I just had to say yes when they called me and offered me direct TV with all the bells and whistles. You didn't have to do nothing. When they call you, always say no. You call them. Don't let them call you and try to sucker you into something. My wife gets mad because I just hang up the phone. She goes, well, that's not very nice. I said, what? I'll call them when I'm ready. Right? If any of y'all got suckered into the extended warranty on your car, I'm sorry. Well, let me call them back and see what they say. Good luck with that. Trying to take some money out of your pocket, right? So we have to control our finances. We can't allow our finances to control us. Amen? How many of us are guilty of living the other way around, though? Right? So before you lose heart this morning, I, I, I want to, if it's your first time here, I, do, I only talk about, I, I try to only connect, to communicate about finances one time a year. So if this is your first time here, you pick the best slash worst Sunday of the year. I, I really don't talk about finances. We talk about giving. We give you an opportunity to give, but this is going to be focused on giving. You might, you might shift left and right to get off your wallet, or you might sit a little bit harder on your wallet. I don't know how you're going to respond this morning. But I hope that it would challenge you to what the scripture says and what God is challenging you to do and realize there's so much more to your financial provision than just meeting your basic needs. You got to know that. 
But God desires each of us to live a blessed life. And applying these biblical principles in his word is how you can unlock your finances to accomplish great things. You know, in Malachi 3.1, God actually says, test me. It's the only place in scripture where he talks about finances. He says, test me. I triple dog dare you in this. Only time it happens. He's talking about finances. He's talking about giving. He's talking about generosity. He says, test me in this and see what I'll do. We'll look at that a little bit more next week. But I know, I'm aware that in this church, it's, we're really composed of three groups. Now, don't be discouraged in whatever group you're in, but we got to realize that I'm talking to three groups of people probably in this room. There are some of you that are living in surplus. That's a great place to be. There's some of you that are in a steady income where you're not, you're not making tons, you're not in the poorhouse, but you're somewhere right in the middle. you got steady income, you're okay, stability, right? And then there's some of you that are struggling. I'm not going to pretend to say, oh, well, everybody's great. I'm not going to be naive to who I'm talking to, but I want to let you know that every single part of that, if you're living in surplus or you're living in a steady income or you're struggling, God still has plans for your finances. It's not over. You know, we got lifetime to make money. You realize that? You can work harder, you can work less, but I'll tell you what, if your financial provision is blessed, you can work less and make more. It's how the kingdom investment works sometimes. So 2 Corinthians 8, 7, it says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love we have kindled in you, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. We don't talk about finances that much in the church. You know, I think it's, and I'll tell you what, when I first started pastoring, I did not want to talk about it because I felt like, well, I just started working for the church. The church started paying me. Maybe people will think that it is a conflict of interest that, hey, if I get, if we people, more people start giving, that it's going to line my pockets. Guess what? My salaries are set by the elders. It's not based on what we bring in. Now, if they want to give me a bonus, does it help? Absolutely. Just like every single one of you that work. If things are going well, it gives room for raises and advancement. And we don't want the church to be a poorhouse. When we have employees, when we have people working, we want to be able to give raises. We want it to be a blessing. We want, it to, we want to be able, when somebody has a need and they call, we can say yes. But we have to realize that when, when I first started, I was, I was a little, I guess, a little overly concerned. But I feel like I'm, I really am good at finances. I really am. And then God convicted me. He said, Pastor, if you do not teach your people about finances, you do them a disservice. You talk about everything else, but you're not going to help them be successful in their finances. But you've got to realize the motive is not for the church. The, the motive is for you so that you can contribute and you can be a part of the kingdom work, that you could tap in to that kingdom builder's business. You're like, Pastor, no, I'm struggling. But God can use a struggler who yields his finances to him and multiply that, multiplies the resources where you can begin to make a kingdom impact. Impact. All right? So the goal of this series is that your faith to believe God, to take your finances to the next level. Can, will you agree with me on that? Say, Pastor Noe, I want God to take my finances to the next level. Anybody want that? So if you, don't want your, if you didn't raise your hand, you might not get nothing. Some of you are like, well, I was supposed to raise my hand. I missed it. And they put both hands back. That guy lifted his wife's hand up, said, you get it, get it up, baby. <laughs> we we want to take our finances to the next level. Guess what? God wants to also. As long as the balance is right, it's not to buy a bigger boat, to buy a bigger house or another car. But what if our goal of our financial provision was kingdom work? To, to, to meet our needs but have so much extra that we can always bless others. 
Man, you think it could be for extravagant generosity? Perhaps it could be. So there's something for each of us to do. Even if you're on that surplus bracket, there is something you can still do with your finances. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. But this is what it says. Listen to these words. It says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one of you should give what, he, what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you. Okay, hold on. This sure sounds like God really wants to hook us up with something great. I'm going to keep reading. You want me to keep reading it? Okay, let's keep going. It says, each one should give what he's decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Say, amen, I'll take that. So that in all things at all times, Lord, I'll take some of that too. Um, Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, it says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply increase the store of your seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you performed is not only doesn't only supply the needs for the Lord's people but it also is an overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourself. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers, for you in their heart will go out to you. Because of the surpassing grace God has given you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. There is a ton of stuff in that passage. So I'm gonna, we're going to look at that passage, and we're going to look at four ways to practice extravagant generosity. Um, so, so number one, we're going to jump right into this. Practice giving. It's that simple. Practice giving. What do you mean practice giving? If you ask what that means, that first one's for you. Practice giving. We know what it looks like for Christmas and for birthdays. I'm talking about practice giving in ways that people can't give back to you. Don't give in a way to manipulate your, your gifts so that you might give back. Give to somebody that can't pay it back. Practice giving, okay? So to practice this, this scripture, you got to just start with giving. It's that simple. Extravagant giving can be done through, through giving your time and your talent or your treasure. But this morning, we want to really focus on giving of your treasure. You know, I've come to the place sometimes where giving my time and my talent is easier than giving of my treasure. Right? There's a reason we sit on our wallet. There's a right reason we, we put our money way deep down in our purse sometimes, right? It's to keep it safe. It's to guard it. You know, do we, do we live like that? I, I hope nobody's taking this as super harsh this morning and critical. I just want to encourage you to be a giver. Because it is the key that will begin to unlock all kinds of awesome things in your life. Hey, y'all want a message that's going to benefit you, right? This is for you. This is not for me. My finances are blessed because I'm a giver. And Lord God, I don't want to ride a skateboard in heaven. (laughs) I'm just saying. If I get up there and I miss it, be like, man, I'll take that Mercedes, Lord. But I also will take everything that God gives me and see it as the Lord's. And say, God, help me be a steward of when I got a little bit 
said that I would use it for your kingdom, and when I got a lot, I would still use it for your kingdom. Right? So giving out of our treasure is sometimes the hardest. Luke 12, 34, it says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So sometimes our heart is driven by what we care about, what we're focused on, what we want. So your giving determines what's important and what's valuable to you. If you want to know what's important, look at your record. Go to your accounting, go online, look it up. I bet a lot of you put a high importance in eating. Right? I promise. Like I look at ours, I'm like, wow, we eat that much. Yes, we eat that much. You put, you put high you know, priority on keeping your light bill and your electricity on, right? When it's hot, it's hot. You want to make sure the ace, you know, like, so if you look, all those are priorities. All of those things are important. Now, I'm going to challenge you with this one. If you look at that and there is no tithe on there, what are your priorities? You know, I don't look at the giving records hardly ever. I only have to do it when I have to. So I don't know who gives and who doesn't. So I'm not sitting here with this secret list and being like, oh, I got this one. Oh, Michael, you buddy, you better die. Get off that wallet. I don't really care that much. You know why? It's between you and God. It has nothing to do with me. I know God will provide everything I have need of. You can either participate or not. Because this has, it's so much bigger than you. But you can be a part of it if you want to be a part of it. So you got to give to get in the game. you gotta, you got to get some skin in the game. You know, we as a church had an opportunity to bless the uh, Women's Pregnancy Center with a huge check for their ultrasound machine. They're this close to going medical where they can start doing ultrasounds. And my wife brought to our attention, she says, no, I don't want to just give a love offering. I want to have some skin in the game. And she put a number. She said, how, she said, how much? I think we gave $2,500 to it. Huh. That's some skin in the game. Because... All this production and audio video guys, we know what we can do with 2,500. So that was important to us. But having resources, having a kingdom agenda, we can get skin in the game, but the only way we can do that, you know what? You got to give. We could have talked about it. We could have prayed about it. We could have said, Lord, we pray you bless them. It's different when you cut the check. That shows what you care about, what's important, what's not important. Well, Pastor Noah, you don't under... Okay. I'll let God deal with that. But if you make an excuse right out of the gate, you might not be a giver. You know, it's like the redneck, Joe. You might be a redneck if. You might not be a giver if you're full of excuses. You know, uh, one thing that I was really realizing as I prepared this week was you don't have to have a lot of money to be generous. My children bring a dollar from their little bit of offering and they give generously. Samuel, he's holding a little bit tighter than I would like. But, you know, my daughters, you know, especially Cassidy, you know, I think she has a, a, a kingdom mentality because you realize she, does, she knows that that money doesn't come, she doesn't earn, she doesn't really work for that money. Daddy slash God gives her that money. So when she realizes it comes from God and it's not hers anyway, you know how easy it is to give? Huh. I'll give it all, Daddy. I don't, you know, she'll, she'll take her money to the store and I'll say, baby, what did you buy? She don't buy nothing. She'll come back home with all her money. Samuel, it's gone. What would you buy? I bought this and this and this, and it breaks the next day. Totally different perspectives, but she just saves, she holds, she, she's very intentional about how she wants to spend that money. She's talking about what she wants to buy Samuel for Christmas. Expenses, I was like, you're not buying your brother that. He's foolish with his money. He doesn't deserve that. My finance sense, I said, no, he's going to learn the hard way. He's going to go to the Dollar Tree. 
you buy something for you, nice baby, because you save. But, but her, man, her hands are so fluid with her finances. But I think she knows how much she has. So it's not ignorance. It's not like she doesn't understand the value that she has. She just doesn't spend it unless she wants to spend it. You know, she sponsored a shoebox, OCC, all by herself. That's a big deal. Like, well, it's only nine bucks, and you feel that, man, she was so excited about it. And we challenged her, said, well, you can do it, but you're going to have to pay for it. She said, well, Mommy, I got money. When you got the money, you can get, you have skin in the game. You can get in the game. Samuel, on the other hand, could not afford a box <laughs> if his life depended on it. But, so so I'm, what I'm showing you is the contrast of two separate ways of living. He don't, he don't have, neither, none of them have bills. So it's not like they don't have, they're just... What is it? It's kind of wasting it, just spending it. But we can spend on one thing that has no kingdom value, but we can save and we can actually use that for kingdom value. And really out of that, Cassidy had a lot more satisfaction than Samuel's Dollar Tree toys. So that'll preach. I watch my kids all the time. They teach me so much. So we have to, have, we have to know the heart behind being generous. It's about giving. It's not about getting so in this, in this um, passage, it says, the increase of my giving is determined by me. It says, if I sow sparingly, I get what? I get it sparingly. But, if I, but if, I, if I give generously, what's the return? Generously. You know, some of you are flipping dimes or if you were throwing $100 bills, like that, that's, what, that's what it's talking about, sparingly versus generously. Man, Lord of... If I was a selfish man, and just look at the selfish motive of that, just for a moment. We're not going to stay there. <laughs> hundreds all day long, baby, because hundreds are going to come back. God has kingdom principles that work. When they are partnered with the right heart, they are powerful. Where you see God's provision. So it's not always based on how much you have, but it is the heart behind what you give. Just like Cassidy, she didn't have a lot, but her heart is golden. She's given what she has. With all sincerity. Mark, Mark 12, 41 through 44 in the NIV. Let's look at this. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd put their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling the disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, the poor woman, widow, has put in more into the treasury than all of you. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty. She put in everything, all she had to live on. So this passage, there's some cool stuff in, in here, but you know what one of the biggest things that got my attention was? Is that Jesus sat there and watched what they gave. We don't like to talk about that. Well, Pastor, no, I'm going to give when I feel... I can't tell who gives and who gives and what you give and when you've last given. But guess what? God's watching. God's paying attention. He walked, I mean, I don't know if it was gold bricks. I don't, know, I don't know what they were bringing to the treasury, but it was obvious that these wealthy guys were bringing a pallet full of wealth. He saw that. And then he saw the two copper coins, which really probably nobody could have seen unless it was really paying attention to the detail. But that's what got my attention. It wasn't the amount. It was that Jesus was watching, weighing the motive of their hearts. But it says that one gave so much more. So there's a lot we can learn. We have to practice giving during our times, not just during our times of wealth, but during our times of lack. 
It's one thing to give when we're on the top, when the barrel's full. It's like, all right, Lord, praise God. And you give in, in a way that's like, yes. But will you give when you're kind of shaking the barrel around and you're like, Lord, I don't know if I can do it. But we see extravagant generosity from this widow woman that gave out of her poverty and her lack rather than out of her wealth. But God pays attention. Do you know that sacrificial giving gets God's attention? That's something that even Pastor Noe is being challenged with. Lord, I don't want to just give. I want to give sacrificially because I'm a money manager. I, I'm, well, I usually know what I have in the bank. There's always extra. So I can always give, but I want to say, Lord, I want to give sacrificially. Now, i got to be careful when I say that because I'm like, Lord, I know you're going to ask me to do something costly. And I know, Lord, I'm going to have to practice what I preach this morning. This is not a, hey, just for you, I'm glad I don't, this doesn't apply to me. This very much applies to me. Because I want to expand the kingdom. I want to provide kingdom investment. I don't want to just say, hey, you guys help accomplish this. I want to be a part of this. But we know that it's a challenge, right? But sacrificial giving often gets God's attention. So number one, we got to practice giving. Number two, practice being cheerful when you give. Now, I don't know how many of you, what your attitude is when you give. Uh, husbands and wives, if you're not on the same page in your giving, one of you might be super happy, the other one not so much. Right? If one loves giving and the other doesn't, you better get on the same page with that. And be in agreement. And we'll look a little bit of that in that last week about practical finance. you got to have the same spending goals. If you're going this way and I'm going this way, what are you doing? I wanted to write a check for this and you spent the money over here. And, you know, my wife is super frugal. She doesn't spend that much. And, but she did call me this uh, Black Friday and she says, hey, uh, am I using the debit card or the credit card? I didn't know how to decipher that question. She goes, I'm not being reckless. Was her follow-up? I said, I guess use the credit card because then we can salvage the damage done when she comes back. I'm just playing. She hardly ever spends money. So, but let me tell you what. When you manage your finances well, I don't want to jump into the third week, but there's plenty of provision to give, to save, and plenty to spend. It's not saying that you do without. God takes care of his own. But it gives you way more so that you can take care of his own also. All right? You got to know that. So being a cheerful giver. So what it says in that passage, whatever you have decided to give. Now, notice they decided to give. Well, I decided to give nothing. No, they decided to give something. But what they decided to give, they gave. So be cheerful when you do that. A lot of times people get mad. They decide to give something and they're mad about giving. I said, why would you decide to give that? Maybe it was too much. Maybe you need to grow your faith up. Give something that you can be happy giving. It's more than a dollar, guys and girls. I'm just telling you, I give a dollar happy. I I gave cheerfully. Man, you're going to shortchange God like that, huh? Don't look like you're giving to a church or you're giving to a pastor. You've got to see that everything you're giving to God. I'm going to try to bring God my best going to try to you guys okay not mad at me yet somebody looks like they're making a mad face just kind of say lighten up a little bit come on so how do we do this we we need to check our attitude to our giving it says not reluctantly so that's the attitude well i don't want to 
I don't want to give. That's reluctancy. He says, don't do it with reluctancy. And it says, not under compulsion. So what also, what is that? Well, I guess they're going to make me give. Pastor, no, he's convincing enough. If I don't give, everybody's going to be looking at me. I'm not looking at you, but God is. So I, I want to put a little bit of positive, negative pressure on you. I want you to move from where you're at. My goal is not to make you comfortable this morning. I want you to be a part of kingdom advancement. But we've got to get past our selfishness and our own needs to tap into the needs of others in kingdom work. The enemy wants you to stay stuck. Man, I'm, I, I so want to jump into week three already. Let me back up. Let me come back over here. Spirit of generosity. It says in that verse 7, God loves a cheerful giver. Whatever you give, try to be cheerful when you do it. You might have to sit down and pray for a minute before you bring your offering. I don't know what it takes. Before you hit send on the online giving app, whatever it takes, say, Lord, let me be generous. Thank you, Lord. You know what I always do when I give? I say, Lord, I thank you that I have the ability to give. And then I wrap my mind around, I'm giving this much, but I get to keep this much? Huh? Good math to me. Send it. Right? So ask God to help your attitude when you give. You know, it's often easy to give away somebody else's mon money, like I was talking about how Cassidy does. But it's hard to give your own, your own money away. When you work hard, you're working overtime, you're working long hours, and you make that money. You know, sometimes it's like, man, well, I worked hard for that money. But if we would see all of our finances as God's, it always makes it easy to give because it's God's, not ours. Well, I thought you were just talking about the tithe. No, I'm talking about all of it. And that's something we're going to look at week three. Lord, help me to understand that I'm a steward of the 100%, not just I give you 10% and then I recklessly live on the 90. That's a bad principle. All right? So realize that that money's God's, and every good gift comes from God. So practice being cheerful when giving. So number one, practice giving. Practice being cheerful when you're giving. Number three, practice trusting God when you give. I don't know if you've ever had to do that where you've committed to give and you don't know how it's going to multiply and how it's going to work out, but you trust God with the provision. That's one thing giving does. When I give, I said, Lord, you know what I have need of. You know what the rest is. How many of you are so scared to give because you don't know what the rest of the month looks like? Anybody? Or y'all, everybody's all secure with that. They know what's up. That's a challenge, right? Lord, I don't want to give because what if something else comes up? Well, when we give, I think God does something where he just provides the provision. He's to, I, I, don't, I call it a security deposit. Whatever you, whatever, however it works, I don't know how it works, but when we trust God up front, he takes care of the rest. Right? We see the provision, the hand of God, but trusting God that he'll do what he says he will do. Have you ever thought about why God gives us an, abundant financial an abundance of financial resources? Have you ever thought about why, he may, why it seems like some people are super, super wealthy? And you're like, Lord, I wish I was one. Like, or whatever, like you're believing God for that. But it's not always just about the blessing for the individual. I think God has big plans for the individual to be very impactful in the kingdom. So in that passage, know that he, he, he categorizes two things. He says, seed to the sower and bread for food. So there is seed that he gives us that we're to scatter and we're to plant. That's not ours. If we eat the seed, we kill the multiplication. But he also says that there's bread for seed, there's bread for me to eat. So it means he's going to take care of our needs because we've got to eat to live. You don't eat, you die. Like, I mean, I make, none of us have it that hard. I'm telling you, we don't. But we live like we do, right? But that's what happens. He says there's seed to sow and there's seed for you. 
He says there's, there's seed to the sower, that's the seed to give away, and there's bread for food, that's the seed to provide for what you have need of. You know, God takes care of his own. He always does. You know, I remember of when I made the most money and when I made the least amount of money. You know, every season, it never really mattered. Everything was taken care of. I wasn't doing all the fun stuff, but I didn't die. I'm going to tell you. There was one time I made $26,000 in one year, and I had a kid. You're like, how's that math work? I don't know, but I didn't die. You're like, you think it's bad right now? You're like, I don't, man, that's less than, I'm, you're doing the math right now in your head and you don't understand it. I don't understand it either. But we had everything we had need of. Thank God I'm not at the 26,000 now. Right? You know, I didn't stay there forever, but I trusted God. We kept giving, we kept tithing. I was like, <laughs> it was easy to tithe at that point because that wasn't much money. It's like, let's write the check, Right? But God provides when, if, if the barrel is full or the barrel is empty. God will provide if we, if we trust God and we, and we begin to believe that he'll do what he'll do. You realize that every time Jesus multiplied something in Scripture, there was something that had to be given first. Like when we talk about the fish and the loaves, somebody had to give the fish and loaves up. But what if you were like, uh-uh, these my fish, these my loaves, this is my last meal, I'm going to eat it and die. And you know what kind of miracle you would have robbed the whole community of? Or what about the oil and flour that just kept increasing and increasing? Well, she had to say, all right, well, let me go gather all of the buckets and filled it up. And, you know, there, there had to be a pouring out. There had to be a giving. So we have to practice trusting God when we give. Number four, practice being generous. So last week we had the RMC group in, and we asked the church to give to take up a love offering so this was an unplanned offering. That means that's extra cash, I guess. Hopefully you didn't spend your kids' Christmas money. But if you did, I pray God will multiply that and whatever. But, you know, as a church, we took up $1,400 to send to that team. Hey, that wasn't planned. You know what happens if we plan? That number could be 14000 if we plan. It's talking about I'm pulling out whatever I got. I mean, there, you, you don't understand the multiplication factor when everyone contributes. That has been what this church has been, been going through is just people have been giving. Now, statistically, the amount of people that give, it's staggeringly low. They give faithfully. But whatever, whoever's giving, whatever's coming in, man, it's working. We're seeing the multiplication. Pastor Noe never asked for offerings. We're able to do everything we need to up to this point with just what comes in. But I believe for the church to go to the next level... We all got to be on board. We all got to contribute. We all got to be a part. And I sure to God hope I can tell you why. And it's not a me, 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 I, 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 let's get better chairs. Let's, but this is what the kingdom vision of this house looks like. This is what we will do with these finances. This is what we will do with the provision. But it's up to you to be a part of or you don't have to be. Don't give under compulsion. <laughs> Because I'm forcing you to. I'm twisting your arm. You, 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 you have the opportunity to be a part of it. You don't have to be a part of it. But practice being generous. So that $1,400, it was unplanned church family. You did that last week. Pastor Noe didn't cut the check. We did take an extra, a little bit extra, and we sent the, the sp speaker a check. Because we just do that every time there's a speaker in the house. We send them a love offering. When Laura Marillo shared, we sent them a love offering. We get, we're a giving church. You've you got you to realize that. This is not a... And as we give, you know, you know what's happened this year? 
want to, I want to let you wrap your mind around this. We cannot give the money away fast enough. We got the money set aside to build the expansion parking lot. It is sitting aside in the bank. This is craziness. Guess what? The money keeps coming. So when the money keeps coming, God's got to have great plans for the house. But I don't want to be the guy that keeps holding on to it and doesn't let go of it. Because I've always told God, God, if you get it to me, I'll get it. you can get it through me. We'll write the check as opportunities present themselves where we can say yes, 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 and yes. And we can be an extravagant, generous church. Now, you can be a part or I'll do it for you. I don't care how you do it, right? But I hope it's twofold that we're generous here and we're generous out there. Because what really matters is what do we look like outside the four walls of the church? Not just what do we look like inside the four walls of the church. Practice being generous. Practice, practicing being generous often breaks the spirit of selfishness off of you. So I'm kind of a selfish person. Start giving. It'll change that. How do you become more selfish? You don't give nothing up. All right? So what does giving really do in our lives when we practice being generous? This is my favorite passage of this whole scripture and really where this whole series came out of. 2 Corinthians 9.11 It says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That, that has always been my prayer. Lord, help me be enriched in every way so that I can be generous. On, on which occasion? Every single one. Now, some of you, that feels like a pipe dream. Pastor Noe, I can be generous on every single equation or every, every occasion? Can't be. But you've got to really start seeing financial provision and the resources you got in your hands, you got to see those as God's, not your, your own. If you only want to see yourself taken care of, then look at them as your own. If you want to see the kingdom advanced, see the resources as God's. And it will completely change your whole perspective. But we got to practice being generous. James 4.3, it says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Listen to what it says. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. They were, this was a request for finances. Lord, I need more money. Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my, my, my property so I can get that new boat. Now, whatever it is, you're asking with the wrong motives. The scripture is very clear because it says you, will, you want to spend what you get on pleasures. What if my motive was different? That, what, what, that I'm asking, Lord, so that I can impact lives, that I can, you know, that I can support missions full time. Man, I'll tell you what, at this pastor's university, Becky and I just graduated from it this last month. Thank you so much for sending Becky and I to that. It's like a bittersweet, like we're, we're so glad, it, you know, we were so glad to go, but we're, that, that drive to New Orleans four times. I've seen New Orleans. I'm good for a little while. But, uh, they shared about the cost of planning a church. I think I shared this maybe a little bit, you know, last week. Man, we can do that. Like they challenged us and said, we really want you to commit to planning a church this next year. And when they told me the dollar amount, I'm not going to tell you the dollar amount because I want to save some of this stuff because I don't want to tell you everything. You're like, oh, yeah, man. But we can, we can do way more than one church from this church. And I've always wanted to be a planning church. I said, Lord, I don't know how to do that. 
But these guys have a strategy to where they train a missionary, they train somebody in the community. All we do is cut the check, but then we have a kingdom. And they, they send us the breakdown, where it went, what the church name was, the location, the pastor's name. And then they try to track the multiplication, but most of the time they can't because it multiplies so fast. I said, Lord, that's good seed. That's good soil. But the cool thing is, I was like, Lord, we can get the church to do that, but are you calling me to do that? And I'm going to commit, me and my family, to plant one. That's on a pastor's salary. But guess what? This church is good to me. They've taken care of me. Pastor Noe has more than he has need of so that I can be generous on all occasion. So how are you going to plant that church? I'm going to tighten up. Not going to go out to eat as much. Might not do as many fun things this next year as I wanted to. Might get my kids to say, hey, what do you think instead of doing a birthday this year? What do you think about instead of doing this? Don't get daddy for anything for this year. Let's put that towards doing that church plant. Man, I don't know. To me, that's just, I, and I don't know, maybe it's just I still have those missionary roots deep down. But there's just something to that that I don't care, you know. So many things that are so important. So practice being generous. And then it says true generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So have you ever thought about those people who are the most generous? Do you realize the people that are most generous always aren't the most wealthy? Man, I talk to pastors around that table. I guess them pastors are all up in their finances because they know what people give. I just, God hadn't led me to do that. Maybe one day, you know. I just really hadn't made a big deal. I just don't care that much, I guess, at this point. I don't know. But he said, surprisingly, the ones that gave the most weren't the wealthiest in the church. The ones that gave were not the ones that you expected to give the most, but yet on paper they gave the most significant impact. So what am I saying? Pastor Noah, what, what are you telling me? You don't have to be a millionaire to start making generous investment now. More than likely, if you're not doing it now... When you're making millions, you ain't going to do it then either. It's too costly. It's going to cost you too much. The heart motive won't be right. But you can start being extravagantly generous right now. My kids can be extravagantly generous. Even with what I give them, which is not always that much. But when generosity is done with the right attitude of heart... It can really be done by anyone. You know, I joked about a dollar. If you've never given anything, even a dollar is a good start. I start somewhere. So Pastor Noah, I ain't got, I ain't got that much to give. And if you ain't got a dollar, you got to come talk to me. Let me get some financial counseling or send you a love offering or something. If you ain't got a dollar, right? God's provided a whole lot for us. So if we believe God to bless us in every way, why would we not also desire that he bless us through our finances? Giving causes, causes us to trust God for continual provision. God gives you the vision, but he also, get, he also provides through the provision of the resources that you need. Dream big. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're in that surplus category, you better be asking God why you have so much surplus. 
But you know what I've learned? Sometimes people don't know how to spend that money. They don't know what to do with it. I'm praying we grow to be a church that will help you figure out how to do that. I'll show you how to plant a church. I'll show you how to do community outreach, God willing, this next year. And we will put that seed in the ground and believe for it to multiply in a kingdom advancement. He provides everything we have need of. Let me, let me close with this little story. No, I love you before I share this story with you, okay? It says, I once heard a story of a preacher at a small church in Indiana. Sometimes he would take his two small sons to the Thursday morning Bible study. George, an elderly man, would split his donut with the littlest boy. So one Sunday, the little boy came to church with a sandwich bag full of Cheerios. George leaned over to the young man and said, Hey, can I have some? So the little boy reached in the bag, pulled out one Cheerio. He split it in half, and he gave George half a Cheerio. Sometimes I think our view of our own generosity is often like that. God has given us so much, yet we give him back so little. Some of us have a whole bag of Cheerios. Some have blessed you richly. God has blessed some of you richly to be impactful in the kingdom. I've always prayed to be financially wealthy. I didn't know God was going to ask me to lead a church. That's even scarier. Because we're obligated to be good stewards of all of the increase of the house. But I want to tell you something. All of our stewardship helped because Pastor Noe had his house in order before I started pastoring. When I took this job, I was 100% debt free. Owned everything. I talk about my new truck. We paid that off in about a little over a year. How did you do that? <laughs> Big sacrifice. Because that price tag was not that cheap. You can do amazing things when you set your mind to it. Pastor Noe, why is living debt-free so important? Because it gives me the freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want to do it. It allows me the ability to plant a church next year because of good stewardship. So one thing I want to encourage you with, what I am telling you is not just, well, if you practice these one day, and this is just hypothetically. No, this is practically speaking. Things that we practice things that we do, things that we do often so that we might be a part of a kingdom advancement. And I just invite you to be a part of it. Being generous, it's just a part of who we are. Being generous, it's going to be a part of who harvest time is. And you get a chance to be a part of that. But I want to encourage you to be extravagantly generous. Everybody's okay? Nobody's super frustrated? We're all right? I want to challenge you. Start somewhere. Or ask God, say, Lord, show me what to do. My finances are a mess. mess. And if they are, hey, show up for this week three. I'm going to give you some practical things to help you right now to start climbing out of the hole of debt so that you can begin to be a part of kingdom impact. So I want to give you something before you leave. Ask yourself these questions. Think about these statements. Am I a generous person? I'm not asking you to shake your head one way or the other. But are, am I a generous person? And then ask yourself, why or why not? 
If you're a generous person, you know why you're generous, right? You see the results of being generous. It is the most exciting. Like I said, I love buying gifts. I like giving gifts right now more than I like getting gifts. My, my wife, I guess, has figured out the perfect gift for Pastor No, I have no clue what it is. I'm scratching my head because I can't think of anything. Well, I can think of some stuff I want, but stuff that I need? I can't think of anything. Right? But why am I generous? I'm generous because of this. I'm generous because of this. I'm generous because of this. What if I'm not generous? Then you've got to break those lies off of your life of why you're not generous. You've got to identify that this morning. Well, I never trusted pastors. They're just selfish. They're stingy. Right, come talk to me. If that's the heart that you got from my message today, you got it all wrong. It's way beyond the four walls of this church. But God's called me to be a dreamer. And with those dreams and with those passions, we got to have provision of the house. We all got to be involved. It's not about me. It's not about stacking my salary. Now, I got to get paid. I got to make a living. I got to provide for my family. Some of that does come out of the resources of the church. But my whole motive is so that we might be a part of kingdom advancement. But break those lies. Why do you not give? Well, how do I know where those finances go? I'll tell you where the finances go. I'm not going to tell you salaries, but. Now, I'll tell you what, another thing, if you're concerned about the finances of the church and you are not a giver in the house, I'm not going to tell you anything. If you're a giver in the house, you can come talk to me. Hey, well, where, where are we spending our money or what have we been doing? I hope you see what we're doing. And you don't even have to question what we're doing. You see what we're doing. If you've been here long enough, you know there used to be pews in this room. Those chairs weren't free. Right? We got rid of the carpet. There's so many things. We spent a lot of money on the building this year. I hope this next year we can say the same thing about spending money in the community this next year. That's my goal. Hold me to that. Challenge me. Pastor Noe, what are we doing in the community? I'm so glad you asked. Are you willing to help? Well, I just wanted to give the, the offering. Now I need help. It's hard doing outside of the four walls work. So why are you not being generous? Let God show you that. And then this, this week, ask God for an opportunity this week to be generous. Like, Pastor, no, I ain't got nothing. I don't have anything to give. Hopefully you got a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty bucks. I'm going to keep it twenty dollars or less. Maybe this week, keep twenty dollars in your wallet. I never have cash. I've told you all the joke. Every time I have cash, God asks me to give it. Or my wife takes it. One of the two. I never have cash. But when I do, I realize there is always an opportunity that arises conveniently. So take a portion and make a plan to give. Well, how do I, how do I, how do, I do that? How, how do I start? Well, if you're paying for your meal and you notice a, a, a lady behind you with three kids, pay for the meal. Now, if you want to get radical, I know gas price is out of the roof right now. See somebody... Maybe a struggling mom, looks like they're not, and they're like, oh, oh, hold on, I want to get your gas for you. Use your car, don't give them a whole bunch of cash. You can a lot of money right now with gas, right? I'm not saying be foolish with how you do it, be intentional how you do it. You got a neighbor to your left and right, make cookies, take something, be generous. But let me tell you, being generous is going to cost you something. How many of you have been on the receiving end of somebody being generous? It's time to pay it forward. So this week, before, before you leave, as your pastor, I'm not going to let you leave till you figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> Some of y'all might be here. So I was like, turn the light off when you leave. I don't know. 
At least 20 bucks. Can we do that? Parents, give your kids a little bit of money. Oh, hold on. Well, how do I, how do I know they're going to be generous? How do I know you're going to be generous? I don't know that, but I can give them the opportunity to be generous. That's what God has really done to all of us. He's given us the opportunity to be generous. How's that play out sometimes? Right? So this week, be generous. And then if something really, is, if something really, really cool happens this week, come and tell me. I said, hey, I gave this, and man, look what happened. I, was a, I met a need to a prayer that somebody needed. And we'll just see, put in kingdom seed in the ground. Hey, don't take out of your tithe to give. We'll get you all on that next week. We'll look at that. Right? When we talk about that offering, and we talk about that kingdom building offering, that's what I'm talking about, taking something extra that's not God's, that's really mine to do what I want with, and give generously. And perhaps extravagantly. With good motives. With good heart. And do, it, and, and do it. Like if we don't do it, it doesn't matter. This is a really, really easy message if you change nothing. But this message has the potential to change everything if you get a hold of it. You guys ready to go? You guys ready to go do something with an offering? Endless possibilities. Ask the Lord, say, what do I do with this? Look around, man. You'll get all kinds of messed up. You'll start spending all your, all your husband's money. Baby, can we get, okay, hold on. You've still got to find balance to that. But man, it will be the most satisfying. And what if we could catapult something in our city that would change the culture and change the system? And all of a sudden, the church would be known as being the most generous people rather than the most isolated. Amen? You guys stand up with me. We'll get out of here. Lord, I thank you for everything we have need of. Father, you say that you'll take care of a sparrow and you'll take care of all of these insignificant things. How much more will you take care of us? First and foremost, Lord, I pray that you would show us of the provision we already have in our life, of all of our needs and everything being taken care of. And Father, I pray that secondly, you would show us what we can do this week to be extravagantly generous. Not because we have to, not because Pastor Noe said we have to, but, Lord, stir in our heart because we want to. And, Father, I pray that you would just cause a multiplication to happen in our lives. That we just keep giving and giving and giving. And we realize we can't really outgive God. But every good and perfect gift comes from you. And, Father, we count it a privilege and an honor to be able to co-labor with you and expand your kingdom here on earth. Father, I pray for each one under the sound of my voice. Lord, I, I don't know what category they fall in. Surplus or, you know, just, you know, steady income or maybe even struggling this morning. Father, but you know exactly where we're at. And Father, 
you can meet all of our needs and provide all of the provision we need. So, Father, I bless each one here. Lord, I pray that uh, they, they really, I hope they heard my heart. And, Father, I hope they know your heart. And, Lord, I pray that you would just grow our faith, grow our finances. And, Father, help us and allow us to be a part of expanding your kingdom here on earth, just like it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys be blessed. Just greet somebody before you go. Next week, week two, we're going to look at the tithe, the biblical pattern for giving. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.